So, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. It's so much different than science, so much different than mathematics. You can prove all those things. If we all say we don't believe in gravity, well, I wouldn't want you to step off the roof to prove that. And if we're in math class and they tell us that 2 plus 2 equals 4, we can reverse that and go 4 minus 2 is 2. They can prove it, right? Our faith, what it is we believe, what it is we base our life on, what it is we offer back to our Creator and our Savior and our Sustainer, it's not something you can prove. It is the proverbial leap of faith. So I'm going to just talk briefly this morning about faith and a couple of things about it. First of all, faith is messy. I hope you have not been a victim of teaching that has outlined for you what the Christian life and faith in Jesus Christ is like, in that you start with a realization that all this stuff is true. And then for the rest of your life and your spiritual journey, it's just this amazing climb further and further and closer and closer to Jesus until you celebrate spending the rest of your life in eternity with him. Because that's not reality at all. Faith is messy. Faith is full of doubt. Faith includes fear. Faith includes questions that aren't answered. One of my mentors, Mike Giaconelli, always described faith as being messy. And he said it was like a roller coaster. You may get on the roller coaster and that chunk, chunk, slow ascension, but as soon as you get to real life, it all goes crazy. And then you're done. And faith is messy like that. So as we think about it today, and I hope as you are encouraged, as well as challenged in your own faith, that you embrace the messiness of it as well. Faith is important. Our passage in Hebrews chapter 1, we focused on the first two verses. But I'm going to jump down to the sixth verse of Hebrews chapter 11. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is important. I think if I ask for a show of hands, for who in the congregation this morning and online listening would like to have their life please God. I think we'd all eagerly raise our hand, hopefully raise our hand, with great intentions raise our hand that we want to please God with our life. But without faith, Scripture tells us that that's impossible. Even though it's messy and full of doubts and questions, it is important and something to be striving for and something to go there, to that place, do I really believe what I'm saying and what they're saying? And it's important because the way we live, the way we treat people, the way we interact, the way we give of ourselves, of our money, our time, and our service, is a reflection of our faith. And if we have a faith that we're not sure about, if we have a faith that's a lot of talk and no action, is that really faith? Faith is a choice. We look at the, the greater part of that whole chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, and they call it the, the Faith Hall of Fame. 
Because it's full of biblical people who their lives showed their faith. And it showed that they chose to possess faith that made changes. One of the first people mentioned in there is Noah. We all know the story of Noah's Ark. But to think about what faith and what choice of faith it took for Noah in the face of ridicule and persecution and just the audacity of what God asked of him. I want you to build a boat, Noah. Huge, huge boat. It's going to take you a long time. It's going to take your whole family. And at the end, we're going to load it up and I'm going to kind of hit the reboot button on the world. What faith must it have took in the face of society looking at him like he was crazy to obey God and do what he asked? Abraham is mentioned several times in that faith hall of fame. But the one that just sticks with me as a father is when he honored God with his faith and trusted God when God told him to take Isaac, his son, and go up to the top of the mountain and present him as a sacrifice to God, as an expression of his faith. It's beyond me. I, as much as I love God and would like to honor him with my faith, I, I could not do that, I don't think. But God in the last minute offered a ram so that he didn't have to do it. But that still didn't negate Abraham's faith. There's another character in the scriptures that possessed great faith, and that was a Roman centurion. And I love the story because Jesus was actively and willing to heal people of diseases and from death and from all different kinds of things. But in this particular case, the centurion's daughter was ill and on death's bed. And he went to Jesus and asked Jesus if he would heal his daughter. And he said, by the way, you don't even have to go. I know you can just say it and it'll happen. And Jesus commended him on his faith. The other good thing about faith is that no matter how hard we try, no matter how strongly we try to convince ourselves of our own faith, we have to put it into action, especially at tough times. The good thing, though, is God promises us that when the Holy Spirit was given after Jesus was crucified and rose and ascended, that that promise that our faith is not on our own. But the Holy Spirit not only helps us arrive and have confidence in our faith, but when it really gets tested, he's there with us. You know, before the pandemic, we had a habit of every other year I would take students to uh, the country of Malawi in Africa. We have a sister church there and we would do missions work and orphanages and uh, rural hospitals and, and things like that. And um, on one of the trips, we had a group I believe there was 23 of us and included some adults along with about 10 or 12 students. And as part of our travels, we were going to go from Malawi into the country of Zambia. So we had to cross the border. We were in a bus and we get to the border of Zambia. And for about the last 10 minutes, there had been billboards on the side of the road warning against uh, political corruption and bribery and don't, you know, don't fall prey to it. And there were just kind of novelties as you drove by them. But as we got to the border and we unloaded, everyone had to go into a small building and take our passports out and sign in and actually give our passports to the person behind the window. And he didn't just give them back one by one. He held all 23 of our passports. And then he said I needed to pay 
a fine of $200 a piece per person for entrance into their country. And I refused to do it. We had that much money, but that was not what we had that money for. That money was earmarked for children that needed food and people that needed medical care. So I stood my ground. And to this day, I have no idea what possessed me to do this. But I just sent everybody back to the bus. And I just said, sir, I explained to him why we were here. And I said, I'm, I, don't, I don't have the money to pay you for that. So he took me, along with the passports, to the back of the building to a room that literally had a steel table and two chairs. And he sat me down at the table and he said, you have to pay me the fees or we're gonna keep your passports and you cannot leave. And I told him again that I just, I wasn't gonna do it. And I told him again why we were there and what we were doing. So he left me in the room for about 40 minutes by myself. There was a lot going on in my mind in those 40 minutes. And also the people that were in the bus in the parking lot had no idea what was going on, where I was, what they were doing. So at the end of 40 minutes, the guy comes back in with two armed guards. And he asked again for the payment of the money. And I told him I didn't have it, that I wasn't going to pay him, and why we were there and what we were doing. And I said, what I will do is I will give you one payment of $200, and you're going to give me my passports back, and you're going to allow us to enter your country. And I said it with the authority of Jesus Christ. He didn't like that, and he left me in the room again. And about five minutes later, he walked back in, and he put all 23 passports on the table and said, you're free to go. That was not something that I tell you about to arrogantly talk about my faith, because I was scared to death. But in that moment, and me trusting my faith in God that he would take care of us and work the situation out, the Holy Spirit showed up big time and gave me the courage to stand our ground. And within the next week, we gave away almost $15,000 worth of aid to orphans and people in need. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. It's messy, but it's important. It's a choice. And you know what? You're not in it alone. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of faith. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that stands beside us in the times that we struggle, when we doubt, when we have fear. Father, it is our hope that our faith would cause us to live lives that would please you. In Jesus' name, amen.